0: How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host,
1: as always, Dave. How's it going today, Dave? Uh, it's going better than it's ever been because I am joined by my co-host, strictly my co-host, Ian. How's it going today, Ian?
2: It's going pretty good, boss. Uh, thanks for thanks for keeping me around. Uh, <laughs> when am I going to get my first paycheck? Listen, you haven't, you haven't you <laughs>
1: haven't been here the past couple weeks, so uh, let's let's hold off on that, yeah. Hmm? Hmm.
2: all right
0: it's like an internship uh podcast (laughs) guest deal (laughs) we're here for the experience right like you'll grow into a full podcasting position yeah yeah
1: eventually you'll get there
2: well he told me that you know i would get my first paycheck when he got his coffee but thanks to covid it has just it's been in the mail Mm
1: -hmm. i've received some grounds (laughs) i don't know what to do with this it might have just been ground. It might have just been dirt. I don't know.
0: I was thinking of a joke payoff, um, but I don't have the setup for the rest of the joke. But it was going to come off of what you just said. And it was going to be grounds for divorce. That was <laughs> that was the payoff. Uh, there's just no connection there.
2: You know, we joke about sending Dave like dirt and coffee grounds, but haven't someone in our group just sent Dave a potato in the mail? Yeah. Like, hasn't this been done?
1: Genero, friend of the podcast, and mailed me a potato. Uh, because he found out he could, and he's like, "Yeah, you can just put stamps <laughs> on that motherfucker." Apparently. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so now, of course, what other root vegetables can be sent via mail?
1: Hmm. I think there's a list. As long as it's not like going to go bad immediately in the mail, you can ship a quite a number of things. There has to be just a website dedicated. Like coconuts to- are good. They're not
0: going to yeah. just rot. What about watermelons? See, I feel watermelon could be too much. Because in case of catastrophic failure, (laughs) like, there goes all of the mail alongside this watermelon.
2: But that's the thing. That's the postal system's problem. Like, if they would have not broken it in the first place, I feel like this is indictment against all uh, courier services and the safety in which they keep our packages. Like, here, I don't care about this watermelon. I'm going to ship it to and fro, but, you know... You better straighten up and not drop my package or else it's your problem now, not mine.
1: So, I mean, like, would you risk that and order a watermelon and a PS5? Assuming that they were coming in, like, the same carrier? (laughs) Right. They'll I open the combined packages. <laughs> They're just like, I right, throw the watermelon
0: in there.
2: Like, assuming you woke up from a coma for the last 30 years, you have no idea the status of FedEx versus uh, UPS versus all other courier services. And you're like, I need to order something and I need to pick how it's going to be shipped. I'm going to do a trial run by sending 30 glass jars filled with various liquids with no packing peanuts in it. Mm. And we're going to pick different. Uh, courier services, and whoever comes back with the most intact jars is the winner.
1: Hmm. I mean, you should just try this and let me know how it goes. (laughs) I'm I'm,
0: I'm concerned, though, in a post-9-11 society about (laughs) shipping unlabeled miscellaneous liquids, powders, anything like that.
2: I mean, I could just put labels on them and lie. (laughs) Tell people this is water when it's clearly not.
0: (laughs) This
1: is anthrax. It's obviously not. But, you know... (laughs) So wait are the different liquids for like different viscosities like what's the test there of having 30 different liquids
2: uh, different thickness on the jars so you could tell on like a sliding scale of how roughly the ah. package was treated okay and maybe See, dye them like rainbow colors make it you know fancy
0: I'm thinking like baking soda in water would be a good test Because then in case there was an abrupt shift, it would actually be less likely to slosh. It hardens in response.
2: See, the thing is, you said baking soda and water. So my brain immediately went to just send a package that's 50% vinegar and 50% baking soda. (laughs) And just send it and be like, well, mail service. If you weren't rough with my package, this wouldn't have happened.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and... We're rapidly approaching why they probably don't allow most things in this uh, arrangement to to be shipped.
2: I actually just had to take a work training class on the various how to receive and ship hazardous materials, which has zero subjects pertaining to my actual line of work, but company wide it's required policy mm-hmm. and I feel like I learned so much because I don't remember any of it now
1: mm-hmm. that that is often how knowledge goes. <laughs> I learned a lot. Yep.
0: <laughs> I'm just imagining based off those two pieces of information that you had training on shipping hazardous materials and it had nothing to do with your job that the training was just like in case you're considering
1: shipping hazardous <laughs> materials don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need you to <laughs> training complete. <laughs> like there's one guy named Terry who just like mailed something out he shouldn't have but like under like a company address return to terry
2: (laughs) great now we all have to suffer for terry's mess up thanks terry classic terry
1: Uh, you guys had to like ship anything weird just in general we've had complications
2: i usually don't do the shipping i'm usually the the shippee and You've,
1: you've been shipped (laughs) <laughs> right
2: i mean some people in our friend group really want me to hook up with other people in our friend group there's an active shipping community mm-hmm. uh
0: international shipping
1: dm me that i'm curious to know who's <laughs> i want to know
2: well people think i'd be really cute with like landon but then people are like but landon's mm. married
1: right it's right but jen doesn't watch anime so hear me out
2: <laughs> is landon actually married or is he just engaged i've lost no, track married.
1: They eloped uh, during COVID.
2: Oh, good for them. Yeah.
1: But it was like super slow because it was like, oh, we're married now. I'm like, what?
2: (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people did that. Uh, I feel like COVID has become like the great filter of our time, like the events before and after. We've constantly Mm -hmm. made jokes of the before times and the after times. But I look back on my life and I'm like, what happened before COVID? at least three couples have gotten married. Two of them have had children. Like our friend group pre COVID and post COVID is going to be a wildly different because of all these life-changing events that happened in the, the no, no zone.
0: Right. I will say, um, it's not just us. It's not even just our friends group that refers to pre COVID as the before times. I've heard that or seen that read that in other contexts. So, There is some cultural association with literally that phrase.
2: Yeah, it's interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. I can't remember how to like work our way back this rabbit trail to (laughs) whatever we were talking about. Something Uh, with anime and shipping and
2: uh, we We could just talking about
1: literally shipping things.
2: I mean, we could just start talking about video games. Sure. I mean, that's a wild idea.
1: Have you been shipped any video games recently? If so, what are they? <laughs>
0: when uh, was the last time you purchased a physical video game?
2: I can answer this.
0: That's good. Maybe <laughs> makes it a decent question.
2: <laughs> Yesterday, oh. I picked up a physical copy of Metroid Dread because Nintendo games don't lose value.
0: That's true. Because they never... They never put anything on sale. <laughs>
2: exactly. I I mean, it's a single player game. Not that I think I'm going to trade it in, but I could probably beat this game. And then, you know, six months down the line, if I ever am in a rough scrap and I need money, I could trade it in. and I'll probably get like 30 bucks out of the 50 I spent for it.
1: That's yeah. true. I also like if I pick up a game that somebody else might want to play down the line. If I've already beaten it and just gonna sit on the shelf for like two years, i to be like, hey, borrow this. Check it out. And yeah. vice versa, somebody could, like, <laughs> let me borrow something, too.
2: Yeah, I think I'm really big on, on physical copies of console games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the concept of a physical copy on a PC game is ludicrous at this point. But for console games, I'm, especially, like, the Switch, I'm always big on the actual thing.
0: Yeah. Particularly, there's there's so many factors that go into it, like smaller hard drive size on consoles, so you might not want to full install. Um most PCs don't even have, you know, DVD <laughs> drives anymore. So how
1: are you going to share it? Uh, there's a lot. Back in the day, we used to have like a kind of like tr- shelf tray for like CD cases where you could fit two jewel CD cases in mm. for your different like PC games and PC software. And that was coming up to your library right under the monitor. Yeah, I'll have, to run like a monitor stand. I'll have to run out and
0: pick up some of those.
2: Uh, do you know what was a great disappointment with my new physical game purchase, though? Hmm. Pick it up, you take the plastic off, you open it up, and there's no manual inside. I miss manuals. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's because it's it's just a plastic case now with the little game card in it. Uh, I will say that the case was reversible. Um, and it had like a like a big, you know, menacing Samus illustration on the other side instead of the whole cover art. So that was nifty yeah but i miss I miss manuals and mm. just all the the pictures and illustrations inside them.
0: I think that those are like like collector's editions of games uh physical collector's editions make way more sense than digital collector's editions the digital collector's editions barely ever matter like you <laughs> get hey here's an extra skin that's gonna be released at mm-hmm. some point anyways, but like I remember fallout three I had like a literal lunchbox like and there was a bobblehead in there and I think there was a map and like all this really cool stuff that I loved you know
2: what Dave what was the coolest physical edition of a game you've ever gotten
1: it's gotta be like Diablo 2 battle chest is the only one that jumps to memory Hmm. but again it was mainly because like that big honking manual and it had lots of like monster art in the back and then it had all the details for like the abilities and everything so it was like a nice little codex for me. And this was
0: before the era of the day one patch, which would have just invalidated <laughs> so much of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Prima strategy guide in shambles.
2: Do you, do you remember the good old days when you used to get actual physical rewards for pre-ordering games?
1: Because no, I don't think so.
2: I, I used to have, because we're talking about Metroid, it got me thinking... I used to have an honest to god shirt that I got from GameStop for pre-ordering the original Metroid Prime. It was like this ugly ass olive shirt, but it had like a trucker patch on it that said Samus, <laughs> and I wore it to death. Like it was it was stolen from me and thrown away because of how raggedy it was.
1: I like that their old style marketing is like, what we can do with all these green shirts. Fuck!
2: I uh, don't
1: oh know, Slap Samus on it, ship it out, give us like a pre-order bonus. I'm like genius! And then Ian loved it to death.
2: There was some kid in you know Bumblefuck USA who's like, I am so excited for my shirt. Uh, but I think the the coolest like pre-order bonus, or not pre-order, like uh like physical edition I've ever gotten is I fell for Todd Howard's marketing, and mm. I bought the Fallout Four vault boy edition
0: Would that had the pit boy and the, stuff. yes
2: i got the pit boy and the big case and the map a bunch of posters
0: mm-hmm.
2: but i, I, mean, I do that, i miss the physical stuff
0: that definitely wasn't as terrible as some of the other collectors <laughs> like super collectors edition like items that were shipped alongside that like the the bag The, like, Vault Uh or, like, the Nuka-Cola Dark. Oh, from Fallout 76? Yeah, those are for 76, that's right. right.
1: Weren't they, like, free shit they gave away at college? Like, freshman orientation type stuff? It was really bad. It
2: was... If you've never watched the Fallout 76 video, it's a half an hour of enjoyment as one man breaks down every single misstep.
1: I've definitely watched that, because I like shitting on Todd Howard and Bethesda as a whole. And this kind of helped justify it for me. I'm like, see? See?
2: Is is Todd Howard the modern-day Peter Molyneux? Has he inherited the title of, like, the hypest of hype men?
0: I think he's probably gone past it. Because Peter Molyneux was just, like, on LSD when he was describing any of his products. And people... I, I feel like, yeah, he got investors motivated or whatever. But... It didn't take too long before gamers, gamers, were like, okay, none of this stuff <laughs> is going to be in the game, <laughs> right? Fable 1 was good. Maybe the rest were enjoyable, but it's not going to change the world. Um, Todd Howard's legitimately like, and this game's going to work, and then it doesn't. And there's a big <laughs> difference between those two things.
2: <laughs> what if that was the next like E3 presentation for the Elder Scrolls 5? It, or, yeah. No, Elder Scrolls 6. Jesus mm-hmm. uh, he just comes out on stage there's the fanfare there's everything and he goes our next game is going to be revolutionary and different from anything we've done before because i can promise you here and now that on day one it will run <laughs>
0: i mean he did he didn't actually already do that he said it just works right that was the uh, he became known for <laughs> it just oh.
2: works and then yeah. I imagine like an entire auditorium of people just screaming.
0: Uh-huh. Developer the
1: developers
0: of Fallout seventy six sweating in the background as he says it just works. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the QA who just got hired during the presentation is like, What? What's going
2: on? <laughs> oh, it just works. I guess I don't have any work to do.
1: <laughs> Except well, an criteria. easy check. Not met. <laughs> Does not work. <laughs> So yeah, wait, how how is Metroid Dread?
2: Uh, Metroid Dread's pretty excellent so far. Um, It is, for anyone who's not, like, up-to-date on their Metroid games, which is not surprising because they released them so few and far in between, it's the first Metroid game that advances the storyline since Metroid Fusion. And Metroid Fusion came out in November of 2002. So hmm. it's sort of like you just beat final fantasy seven and then they didn't release a sequel talking about it for 19 years.
1: Right. How is that common applicable to anything in recent history? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. Yeah,
2: but no dread is dreads good. Uh, I enjoy where it's going. It's learned some lessons from the other like handheld Metroid games. Uh, like save points are much more liberal because they understand that you're playing this on a mobile device. So maybe you'll pick it up, play it for an hour and then put it down again. So you don't want to, you know, when you decide that I don't want to play this anymore for now, let me wander around for 30 minutes to find a save point. No, you just walk away. There's usually one within like a two minute jog.
0: I have a joke here. Again, this is the skeleton of a joke, but the safe points are much more liberal. So clearly, they're safe spaces. Um, they're that not is have funny. Enemies in there, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, safe spots are very well known for being clear of enemies. So yeah, works. <laughs> safe spaces.
0: <laughs> Layers. Uh, do you you recommend this for people who haven't ever tried Metroid because they were born and grew up and developed? <laughs> after the last game came out
2: (laughs) seriously there are people who have never played a new metroid game in the main series that are getting into it now
1: um i've never played any of them for the also have not played any of them really really
2: um it's an okay starting point to the series uh it has a really good recap at the beginning it basically goes over i figured that there are five main games in the Metroid series so far, this being Metroid 5, and the first two of them were on the Nintendo Entertainment System and the original Game Boy, so you can understand that there wasn't a whole lot of environmental storytelling going on in those eight bits. Yeah. Um, so really, the only story story comes about in the Super Nintendo, the Game Boy Advance one, and the Switch one. Um, so there's not a whole lot of backstory to go over in these. It just kinda of picks up, tells you what you need to do and gets going.
0: Did GameCube not advance the story? The um the Prime series?
2: The Prime series was sort of its own spin-off thing. Uh, I think mm. chronologically, Metroid Prime happens after Metroid one or two after Metroid two, but before Metroid Super Metroid right Uh, metroid 3 so while it happens it sort of happens in its own little universe granted metroid prime series is amazing i i cannot hype those up enough for anybody who likes any games those Uh, are the
0: ones i'm personally most interested in because i don't usually play platformers i don't like them that much hollow knight's a massive exception i love that game to death mm -hmm. but like I saw Metroid prime back then when I was a kid and I was like, this looks really cool. And now I still kind of look at it. And I'm like, this looks really cool, but I know that it will have aged significantly for a first person perspective game.
2: Um, I would, my, uh, primary rebuttal to that, I would say is that they bundled all three Metroid prime games and put them together with the, the Wii version, um, and added, motion controls, which is one of those things where this sounds awful, but it's actually not atrocious. It kind of fixes some of the original problems with the prime games being it was a shooter with one stick,
1: right? Um, yeah. Any type of shooter on GameCube felt a little bit sus because it, I don't know, it handled like shit. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say th-
2: that at least they didn't often ask you in the heat of the moment, to aim up or down.
0: I know that game had a lot of lock on, right? You're like, all right, yeah. fist, lock on. I'll tell you what. When it comes out for Switch with either a re-release or a remaster, I will pick it up. I mean, they're putting Nintendo. everything on
1: Switch. Yeah. It's Nintendo will happen.
2: If Nintendo finally manages to like do what I've begging been begging them for years to do, give us an online store with an online account that's unified across all your consoles. The Nintendo account. Everyone else has one. And if I buy Super Metroid on it, and then the next console comes out, just let me download Super Metroid to that console and play it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I've purchased Ocarina of Time on no less than five Nintendo consoles at this point. So obviously they're getting their money's worth out of me.
1: Yeah. And that's why they're not going to change that policy.
2: (laughs) I, I recognize this. But it is getting old. He said, pulling out his wallet for the next Ocarina of Time re-release.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was actually really funny because they they both re-released it and they remastered it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we were talking in the last talk cast. I can't remember if we covered the item or not, but they do have... Nintendo has an online expansion pack membership, which includes games such as Super Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, Mario Kart 64, Star Fox, Yoshi's Story, Streets of Rage, Echo, bunch of stuff from their catalog and segas because mm-hmm. nintendo ate sega we did cover it because i remember making <laughs> a joke about that yeah um but it sounds like they're at least starting to move a little bit into that space they just got tired of yeah bonking down rom sites and they're like let's just do it ourselves
2: <laughs> well i mean i got that's kind of like the perennial thing is like people are gonna get sick of buying super metroid on every single thing that comes out especially when anybody at this point can figure out how to run a rom on their computer and everyone has a computer
0: The only mario
1: that's what that stands for
2: he's so cool (laughs) (laughs) and we're back
1: it's kind of nice in a way how like communities will like do these things like independently like oh we're doing mods oh, we made a ROM of this so we can play older games. That's basically the community saying, this is what we want. And then Nintendo can say, like, oh, we can do that. And then once it becomes (laughs) official, do you know how hard it is for people to say, like, I'm going to go do this thing when I can just click one button, pay money, and it's done? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me just opt into the online store. Okay, now I have access to these games. Cool.
2: Well, that's like...
1: Oh. Uh, You can go ahead.
2: Uh... I was going to say, there was a... So, I I mentioned we're talking about Metroid, and it's on the brain. uh, The mother brain. Mm. Uh, Metroid 2 is The Return of Samus, and it was released on the original Game Boy. And it is not good. So, a lot of people spent a lot of time and effort on another Metroid 2 remaster, AM2R. Um, And it was, like, a big deal, because this thing was, like, really, really well done. It was really polished, it was hyped for years, it was worked on, and then Mm -hmm. Nintendo comes in and axes it. Yeah. Because later that week, they announced the official Metroid 2 remaster coming out within, like, six months. and.
0: Nintendo has a relationship with that, right? Like, this this is almost... Imagine that you're just, like, watching a child grow through the years. They're, like, headed to school each day, and there's a stranger on the opposite side of the street, and they're always just standing there, standing there, till the child grows old enough, and then the stranger kills them. And that's what Nintendo does <laughs> to community projects. And replaces them with their own
1: child that looks very similar.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we have been growing this child. It is a more superior product... We hope uh, you understand. Yeah. DMCA.
0: <laughs> They're really bad for it, though. I mean, Nintendo
1: and supporting your community, pick one. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah um, Look at online services and how that's been going. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still shit. Um, and people make fun of it all the time. But if they could just, I don't know, let go of their cock and balls for like two seconds and just bring in like a third party for like two seconds like i know they're very (laughs) protective of their ip but certain things like they suck at or like if somebody does something in the community space and they want to basically just steal that idea i don't know throw some fucking money at them when binding of isaac had like that whole like hey here's this separate dlc they then incorporated that into the game because it was good
2: Hmm. well i mean look at uh you said it yourself look at sonic mania Everyone wanted nah, their... their <laughs> I thought people liked Sonic Mania.
1: Sonic Mania was reviewed really well. Yeah, uh, I was just making a furry joke, sorry. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> See, Sonic is not... I did not grow up with Sonic, so I'm like... I am the, the orphan looking in on the window at all the people that love Sonic, and like, why do they like it so much? Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> but people were making, like, Sonic games by themselves, and they were arguably better than the Sonic games that Sega was making sega eventually is like you know what if you guys are gonna do this here's a bunch of money put it all together and make it good
0: yeah they basically it was made by fanatics who cared so much about the series that they actually did a really good job with it um and kept it at heart like there was there's a quote from one of the reviews for sonic mania was um right here it's uh, taken as a full package this is arguably the best sonic game there is and if your fans can make something that's arguably the best sonic game then i mean good job nintendo is very reticent to do something like that the closest example Mm -hmm. i can think of is they took the people from crypt of the necrodancer
2: i was just thinking that
0: for the uh the zelda uh I can't even remember the name of it.
2: Cadence of Hyrule. That's Cadence it, yeah. of Hyrule. Because yeah. it's a bad pun. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Nintendo has a slight history of like letting other people handle their their intellectual property, and like sometimes it turns out great. Rare Rareware did the Donkey Kong Country games and are arguably some of the best Donkey Kong games. Mm-hmm. Um, and Retro Studios did Metroid Prime. Uh, but then sometimes they have, you know, missteps, like when they gave Metroid to Team Ninja, and then we released Other M, and then nobody liked it. Yeah. And then they didn't make another Metroid game for eight years.
1: Nobody likes Team Ninja, though. I, yeah, I was going to say, Team Ninja can fuck off. <laughs> I, d- I, mean, I don't <laughs> like their style of games. Neo being my most recent interaction. Neo and Ninja Gaiden are their two big things.
2: I was going to say I like played Ninja plays. Gaiden and I liked Ninja Gaiden, but I can't think of anything else they did that I like.
0: <laughs> Marvel Ultimate Alliance, the Black or three, the Black Order. <laughs> there, there, there,
1: you go. Uh, a classic. Yes. Oh.
0: Dead or Alive, Extreme
1: Beach Volleyball. <laughs> oh, actually, a classic.
2: <laughs> I mean, I I was joking that after uh, Metroid other Rim, of course, Nintendo wouldn't let them touch anything else, but no. Nin- Nintendo gave them Legend of Zelda with Hyrule Warriors in 2014. Yeah. I I heard that
1: actually did okay.
2: Hyrule Warriors is
1: seven years old? I could have sworn they are still releasing stuff for Hyrule Warriors. Maybe. Or did they make another one? It didn't review
0: super hot on Metacritic. It's a 78, which is low for a Nintendo game.
1: I mean, to be fair, it is a Warriors-type game, so I don't know what you want not that (laughs) that's all very very hack and slash but I feel like if you like the IP like I was curious about the Gundam version they had Hmm. like they had a Gundam Dynasty Warriors I played the
2: demo for it at a GameStop once and it was astoundingly fun
1: Hmm. I just sometimes I like mechs that's it let me sell you on Lancer RPG. I'm
0: not going to. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the end of it. <laughs> uh, no,
2: you, trust me. I, I've been already romanced by Jake about the Lancer tabletop role-playing game because we were in the back of a limo going to a bachelor party, and he turns to me and goes, Let me sell you on the Lancer RPG. <laughs> and he probably picked the only person in that limo that was honestly excited about this.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you guys sat together on the opposite end. <laughs> uh-huh. No, I've got too much going on to run with it, but someday
0: check it out. It if sounds pick, cool. If you picked up the uh, bundle for racial injustice from HIO, it's in there. So read up on it. It's good stuff. Uh, other stuff going on. Bunch of things have happened. We've been playing some games. It Might works. give Metroid a shot at some point.
2: Yeah, what have you been playing, Dave? I Generally speaking, I know what Jake's playing at any given time for some reason <laughs> or another, but...
1: Yeah, he's constantly posting that on Facebook and Instagram and are like, dude, shut up. Um, yeah. Most recently for me, I mean, like, Dota 2 is still like a, st- a standby. Touched Minecraft again. Uh, most recently, probably Deltarune Chapter 2 would be a big highlight. And I can't talk about it <laughs> yet <laughs> due to NDA reasons. Um but I really did enjoy it. Uh, it literally came out of the blue, which was yeah, no Dave's allowed. Yeah <laughs> uh,
0: Toby Fox the Twitter post Dave don't talk about my <laughs> game. <laughs> uh,
2: as someone who's not really big Sorry. into the Toby Fox verse or Undertale or Delta runes, weren't I, I saw someone talk about it the other day Wasn't Delta chapter one and two both released for free? Yes. How does this man make his money?
1: so we we talk about this all the time well we do think like undertale he did make money from it obviously um but other things like it has to be licensing and merch because he's just like dropping it hot with nothing but they put it on the switch so like switch had to give them money to do so
2: is that how it works i thought it worked the other way around here's my game please put it on your console here's my money
1: I mean, that would work. That
0: would be the case if it wasn't free or if there was any sort of like payment coming back. But I imagine this was probably a I don't even know if anyone received money in this. I bet Toby Fox was like, hey, uh, I had a Switch development kit. Do you want to put my free game up there? And they're like, yeah,
1: (laughs) maybe. But I mean, like there must have been something they did for Undertale and like. Putting Sans as a me fighter. Oh yeah! Right? Oh yeah! They would have licensed,
2: yeah. So that's that's the question: is how big? What's the developer density required to get Nintendo to do free stuff for you? To get you to do favors? Like, mm-hmm. hey, uh, I know normal process is probably to pay a small fee to have my game listed on your store, uh, and then a percentage of the profits get to you. But since this game's mm-hmm. free, and I'm a big name, people like my stuff. Mm-hmm. Could you just kind of like? Take this give it to the masses i mean
1: historically it's a one-man developer job right like if you're notch if you're toby fox you have like an indie darling title and then you just fucking everybody wants your stuff that's my theory anyway yeah but that's just a game theory <laughs> um the- a theory about games
2: I will say, for as much as I go out of my way to poke fun at Toby Fox in the Undertale verse, because it never clicked with me personally, I am overjoyed to see these small indie devs, like actual small indie devs, small team solo man shows, getting these, you know, hugely critical acclaimed games off the ground in, you know, the AAA environment that they live in now.
0: This, uh, Stardew Valley, you know, similar games in that space.
2: Yeah, I mean, Hollow Knight was a rapid success, and we discussed that at length, that that's one of our favorite games. Between all three of us, we love that, actually.
1: Mm-hmm. And at some point, I hear <clears throat> they might talk about making a sequel? Someday, maybe. We'll see I how mean, that goes. Alternate reality, perhaps.
2: One community manager hit the wrong button and created an entire trailer for a sequel and accidentally posted it, it seems, because they went dark for four years.
1: Yeah. Yep. <laughs>
0: But there's so much going on. I would rather they just happy surprise. Here you go. Silk songs out. Pick it up. You yeah. know, like that's we, we're a little critical of Nintendo and how they treat their community. One thing I do love about the way Nintendo has treated their releases sometimes is they're just like the game is done. We will now make you aware of it compared <laughs> to some of my other recent interactions with games that were very <laughs> anticipated. And <laughs> unfortunately, we're not ready to be released. Yeah, uh, I love that.
2: Yeah, it's it's nice that these these uh properties come into being created from Nintendo and don't get cock teased out for five years. Like I oh. mean, when was Elder Scrolls six officially announced? Not even officially announced, just said that we're working on it.
1: Like a year or two ago?
2: Oh, that doesn't I swear people Was can... it an E three? Maybe.
0: It was after the Fallout seventy six debacle. Uh, because right. they wanted to get uh, yes. away from that as much as possible.
1: Don't but, don't worry, we're making another Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: But Remember they, good stuff? <laughs> I mean, wasn't Deathloop uh Deathloop was talked about literally forever before its final release.
0: Yeah. They marketed Deathloop very heavily. I actually like saw trailers for it and different forms of media and things like that. Part of it was because um, and if you look at the documentary, uh, the no-clip documenta- uh, documentary for Prey, um, they under-marketed that a ton, and it did not perform well. And I'm very sad about this, as well as
1: you know the actual yeah, team t- for Prey.
2: I was going to say, big shame. Prey is still my favorite Arcane game.
1: Mm-hmm. To be fair, though, like Death they Loop actually had good stuff for Deathloop. It wasn't like a shitty blanket tease of like, what's this game going to be? Each time they're like, here's what the game's going to be. And they had installments of here's like other mechanics and things you can expect. And they gave you like a good idea. Granted, it was like shotgunned on my YouTube and I'm sure (laughs) everyone else's, but I think it helped it a lot more. Like you said, what they did for prey, which was the opposite of like, there's a game called prey. See you. Yeah,
0: I think. And they actually didn't even originally want to call the game prey. Microsoft was like, we have the prey IP you need to call the game Prey. And they're like, okay, but I mean, our game doesn't have anything to do with this IP. <laughs> Prey, I guess.
2: Well, now I'm curious. Did they have an original title before Prey? Or
0: was I it think they had a working them? title, but not a official. Like, this is what we will call it.
2: <laughs> Weird. But no, I, th- I think that these games that, you know, they drag on in development hell for years and years and years, you know, your Duke Nukem's. <laughs> it's... They either i'm gonna say it and i'm gonna wound jake terribly but bloodlines 2 mm-hmm. has officially entered the is it vaporware yet right question because they talked about it a whole bunch then fired everyone who worked on it <laughs> yeah and then they <laughs> said but don't worry here's a demo and the demo was like middling, middling reviews yeah Mm -hmm. And then it just goes silent like a Russian submarine. It just starts running Mm -hmm. dark and no one's heard about it. We don't know if they're alive. We don't know if they're going to come up. It's just gone.
0: We just hear Sean Connery on the comm and that's about all we have to find the submarine. That's a hunt for Red October. I was going to say.
1: (laughs) Deep cut.
2: I I was going to say, I really would like to see a game with Sean Connery voicing in it. But then I remembered that Sean Connery died last year. And now I'm sad.
1: Yeah. So he's no longer in the friend group, unfortunately. Um, no.
2: Yeah, rest in peace, Sean.
0: <laughs> you have to survive to be a friend of the show.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so really, uh, yeah no.
1: I didn't <laughs> like think of uh...
2: the, the Soapstone podcast. Friend group is very much its own battle royale game. You, know, <laughs> yeah. you might have thought that those were going out of style, but no, we've brought it back. Yeah. Uh, although to tie two ideas together that we were just talking about battle Royale games and vampire, why in the world did they make a battle Royale vampire game?
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't hate it in our little, our little playthrough of it, but it also, I was getting the same gameplay enjoyment from it that I got from like any battle Royale that I've played, which is like peaks of interest and then like valleys of (laughs) sadness. Um,
2: I think that's every multiplayer game for me competitive multiplayer game.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like Apex is like the only one I have played but also the best one I've played so far. Yeah. And that for me is still kind of eh I'm not right. huge into first person shooters. Yeah. So they at least like release... the vampire one like it is a third person there's melee options and other stuff powers. Mm-hmm. It could it could develop to be something, you know, a little bit better
0: but I don't think anyone who is a fan of the Vampire World of Darkness IP was like, Battle Royale game, top of my wish list.
2: So you're trying to say that the Venn diagram of people that are into the World of Darkness and the people that are into Battle Royale games, not a whole lot of overlap.
0: Probably not. Probably not.
1: The same they probably said of people in the Teletubbies <laughs> fandom and people who follow Dark Horse comics
2: mm-hmm so we're talking about you know unlikely combinations here uh to steer us back into the video game direction a super smash brother style game but with nickelodeon characters
0: oh yeah yeah
2: that came out this week and i haven't looked anything up because i'm astounded i'm still in shock that it exists
0: all of the smash youtubers or not all of them, but all some of, them. of the ones. No, 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 yeah, all, pretty of much them. all of them. All of them <laughs> all every of single them. one, 100%, uh, have been playing the game.
1: Yeah, so. I mean, it makes sense for like, a, it's the hype new thing. My my money is on, I mean, me being a pessimist by nature, I think it's going to be more of a flash in the pan. Yeah. Where it's mm-hmm. like the novelty of, oh shit, we can essentially do Smash Nickelodeon characters. But I don't think it's going to stick around so much. But, like, they are already having, like, some tournaments for it because (laughs) of how close it is to Smash. I'm
2: looking at you, Uh, PlayStation Battle All-Stars, flash in the pan.
0: I mean, this one's basically their... It might not be their... It probably is. Their Smash Bros. 64 release equivalent, right? Like, the game is slow. It's floaty. um, A lot of those hits don't look particularly good. (laughs) you know that's that's one of the that's one of the big things like in fighting games is the faster it feels with like more weight to how things connect usually that comes later in the lifespan of the ip otherwise it's just like disjointed hitboxes and a bunch of nonsense <laughs> like if you look at that compare what smash gameplay looks like to the nickelodeon game mm-hmm. and nickelodeon looks really slow and much more approachable and dave and i played Smash sixty four um, at a barcade in a local area recently, and my gosh, that looks so close to the Nickelodeon game!
1: in like, real talk, <laughs> that game fucking sucks. <laughs>
2: hey, it was it was the groundwork it it laid laid the bricks.
0: Mm-hmm. It was very easy to see the characters also on character select because um, we had like six.
2: Because there was like eight of them, I think tops. Yeah,
0: it was a ten-two secrets, uh, it's two challengers on either side. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Those were the days, though.
1: <clears throat> but yeah, I it's know. it's cool that like it exists in general, like in the same way with like Rivals of Aether. It's cool to see other things come out of that platform fighter area. Mm-hmm. So like maybe yeah. somebody will actually really like the style of Nickelodeon and how it plays. Cool. Awesome. Do it. Um but I've become so accustomed to like 4 years of playing Smash Brothers Ultimate to where like that has become my main metric for it. Yeah. And anything that's outside of that, it's a lot harder for me to pick up on. They just need like they need to take all of the lessons
0: that they'll learn from this release the Nickelodeon game. This is kind of a positive projection that there would mm-hmm. be a series of these games and mm-hmm. that it would develop in like a fighting direction. Um, but take all those lessons, improve on them, release a new game.
1: Um, let well, I me mean, cleans up. Cartoon Network it. will have their own obviously in some point. Oh. Johnny Bravo, Ed, Ed and Eddie. I mean, Cartoon Network particularly
0: if they went for like Tsunami could mm-hmm. actually be pretty cool. I was actually going to make this
2: joke.
1: Let's go.
2: If we do Cartoon Network, when do we get the anime crossover fighting game? And then I realized that Jump All Stars is literally a thing. It happened, yeah. and we have to move on with our lives.
0: Also, every DBZ game, Melty Blood, came out like last month on Steam. Um, there's a lot of
1: anime <laughs> fighting games. Blaze <laughs> Blue, all of it. <laughs>
0: Guilty Gear Strive.
1: Guilty Gear, yeah. I, I love the style of a lot of those games, but, bro, I can't do 2D Fighters for shit. I'm so bad at them.
2: The last time I ever tried to be good at a fighting game was in the Xbox 360 generation with Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Hmm. Um, Eubank and I spent a lot of time trying to get good, and the problem is that he is much better at that game than I am. Not like slightly better in that we have a decent win loss ratio going on. Better in the sense that unless I ultimately cheese him on a bad day, mm-hmm. he's gonna win seventy to eighty percent of our, our fights. Yeah. And over time we both lost interest because I get frustrated that I can never win, and he gets frustrated because he never loses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is that is tough. I think it's, it's important to have somewhere near, um, equal skill levels, at least with some deviation, right? Like when Dave and I play smash, like sometimes he dominates the whole night. Sometimes I do really well, like the, the the whole night, sometimes it's really even, but it's always a talk, like a toss up at the beginning of the night. Like who, who's on tonight? Who's, who's going to really kick butt, um, and it's not like, I lose every single game <laughs> and I've played <laughs> for years, right? Like, that would just be demoralizing.
1: Yeah. And sometimes it, it feels like it's maybe just like a matchup thing. So, like, maybe one person's winning on a character. It's like, all right, you stay on that character. I'm going to switch to somebody else. <laughs> and then, like, you bring it back. Or you're like, all right, stop playing that character. I hate you. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's like when you have the game at home and then you have a friend come over for a day, but you've been playing for like two months. <laughs> Do you want to play that mm-hmm. game? Not really. <laughs> it's not the yeah. same. But if you have like two people who have their own separate copies of Soul Calibur 3 and you play once in a while and then you meet up and play, that's nice. Yeah.
2: No, nah, that's like uh my buddy Scotty constantly wants to play Magic the Gathering with me. He wants to play Commander. And he's like, let's play Commander. We'll invite some people over. And I'm like, okay, there's only two problems with that. One, we're both in our 30s and there are no people anymore. It's just you and me. If right, we, wanna, we are in
0: a post-apocalyptic society. If, if we <laughs>
2: want to find other people to play with us that work on our schedule, we have to have people drive from like half an hour away. And we can't Dying. ask them to do that.
0: An expedition for survivors.
2: And two, we each only have one Commander deck where my commander deck is black and blue, where all of the creatures are black and all the spells are blue. Mm-hmm. And you have a commander deck where your commander has protection from black. <laughs> and then the game is no longer fun because I can't block anything you do and I lose every time because of it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I'll make a different one. I'm like, well, don't coddle me. Right. <laughs> don't patronize me. I want to I be a Mega Man. I want to do it myself. <laughs> And I haven't uh, played Magic in years. It's that's weird.
0: why digital is good, though. Things like Arena, where you can just be like, I'll just spin up. This is... I mean, this is... I tried to get a little bit into Magic. And the physical aspect, despite it being cool from a collection standpoint, was one of the major limitations for me getting into it. it was like, I can't just be like, that's a cool card. I'm going to like adopt it into my deck. I unpack this. Awesome. Let's throw it in. It was all more effort than digital space where it's like, let's make a skeleton red deck. Go, you know,
1: um, just saying um, MTGA is free. I'm usually doing like daily quests to like get some free packs. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll play with like a couple of friends here and there. Yeah. So that's nice for me. Cause like, I don't have magic anymore physically outside of one commander deck that's in the closet for if anybody's like, Hey, we should play commander. I'm like, all right. And then I slap it down and then I ruin yeah. somebody's day. <laughs> if, but beyond that, it's, do you have any gay decks? You're like, yeah, I've got
0: one. It's in the closet. Let's, let's get that out there.
2: <laughs> and then he slaps it down and he ruins somebody's day.
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I liked MTGA, um, but I liked it when I was in the beta with, your, you know, like the early access, whatever, the first release with everyone else who was in the first release. And we were all new and we all had starter decks and we were all just putting things together in the beginning. Yeah. I tried to get back into it like six months ago. And unfortunately, due to the nature of magic, all of my old decks have been cycled out. They're no longer in standard. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, here's some starter decks to play in standard, and I'm getting dumpstered by people that have built proper decks. Right. And then it's like, all right, fine, I'll open myself up to, like, the legacy, you know, what? I can't remember what's the expanded Historic historic i'll open myself up to historic and play my old decks no because now we're hyper specialized historic decks with the best cards of 10 generations Mm -hmm. and i feel like i'm getting my back broken either way and it wasn't long before i lost interest again
0: yeah that was the same issue i had with hearthstone when they introduced um wild format they're just like hey we're gonna start rotating our sets And you can still play your wild decks if you want, but understand that broken things happen in wilds, and (laughs) we're not going to balance it. They were pretty consistent with that. Um, Only very rarely did they balance anything involving wild uh, cards. So it was kind of a pain. Anytime I left the game, came back to it. I have no up-to-date decks. Now, anytime that you see me playing Hearthstone in Discord, I'm not playing against people. I'm just doing the single-player <laughs> um, campaigns and things. I liked how you
1: answered a question that I was never going to ask, but did have in the back of my head for <laughs> two days ago. Um, yeah. Because I played it not that long ago, and
0: they still do this thing where they're like, hey, let's release um, like single-player PvE modes with like really broken aspects. It, it's played more like a... Um, a roguelike style get a broken deck, um, approach and also powers that would never work. in like a player versus Actually player. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of the, one of the things you can play as is a person who their hero power is you rewind time to the beginning of your turn and you can just redo RNG on any card. Oh. And that would be very bad in PVP. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, Speaking of card games, though, and roguelikes and atmospheric stuff, I, I know Jake saw some inscription stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave, did you see anything about that game?
1: Yeah, I watched the trailer, and then I played like five minutes of the demo.
2: I'm excited to see where it goes. It's very weird, and usually weird stuff develops into cool stuff later on or at yeah. least i've been telling myself that since high school
0: the demo I'm gonna also let that one like, sit.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> The demo also has like 6 hours of content it doesn't it's all a trap basically like you think it's done it's not done there's mm-hmm. some other conditional state like our friend dan was playing um and streaming it one afternoon and intended to stream it for an hour and the stream went like five hours and he was still finding new things.
1: Um, it so. seems like it has a lot of cool stuff. It's just... I'm more interested in the the atmospheric po- part of it at this point. Mm-hmm. So it might be more of like a, a spectate than a mechanically yeah. checkout thing at the moment.
2: Yeah, I will say... I mean, in terms of Inscriptions card game versus a developed card game like Hearthstone or Magic, it's lacking. Like, it's got a few mechanics. They sort of play independently of each other most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very rare that you get a card where two mechanics dovetail for something that's, you know, purposeful. Uh, I think, I honestly think that the card game mechanic is just there to prop up this.
1: The narrative sort of.
2: Narrative, exploration-based gameplay.
1: I mean, I'm fine if it is that, because it does look really interesting. Like, just watching the trailer from, like, two years ago, I was like, ooh, what's this? Um, It's on that borderline of spoopy.
2: Yeah. I'm not usually a
1: spoopy person, but it caught my interest.
2: I will say the card game does have some satisfying moments. I did do, like, nine points of overkill damage once in a single turn where normally you only manage one or two and I did like nine and it felt great. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the gameplay loop didn't allow me to utilize those points later on and it didn't feel great.
0: Right. So part of it probably because of the demo with the amount of content that's in the demo. I do have high hopes for the full release. Yeah. Um, Do we know is this early access or is this going into early access or is it going to release fully?
2: uh there's one way to find out and that's go to the steam store i don't i don't think i saw anywhere saying it was going into early access i think i just saw release Hmm. because i don't i mean the guy made pony island and i don't think pony island was ever like an early access thing it just happened
1: right i don't think anything that's been published by devolver has been early access for call that's fair. I didn't realize Devolver was the publisher. That explains some anything you think is game. like remotely weird and interesting. <laughs> it's, it's tied to Devolver.
2: Hey, you know. They've got a market angle.
1: They really do. Also, Pony Island. Good game.
2: I didn't play it. I'm just tangentially aware of it. Um, yeah,
1: anything. It's not happens. super long. I'd say uh, a couple hours. Check it out.
2: I own it. I can say that. I bought it on a Steam sale for, I think, a dollar.
1: Mm-hmm. That's that's a value purchase
0: right there. <laughs> yeah, any of the games in the My Little Pony universe are usually pretty good.
1: So, Our Little Pony, Jake. Ah, right, yeah, right,
0: right,
1: right. <laughs> yeah. No Ever one's... since
2: the divorce, they just argue like this. <laughs>
0: we can't, we can't. Uh, right, uh, grounds for divorce. Um,
2: and we go back we... to the beginning. <laughs>
0: yep. <Yeah. laughs> that would be a great time to end the episode, but I'm not gonna, because I'm enjoying talking to you guys.
2: Well, we were talking about maybe making this an episode devoted to loop games, and here we are looping towards the end of the discussion, which is creepy.
0: That's true. All things are cyclical. We've Except for
2: bicycles, anyway. I was gonna <laughs> say squares.
0: Hmm. Uh all right, do we care about any of this news? Maybe. I'm Not excited bad. for Not Back that. for Blood. Back for Blood.
1: It's coming out. It I've is. been waiting. It's also released, Well, but it's also not. If released. you paid extra money, yes. you can access the game now, and you probably have some extra bonus rewards. Yeah, If you just got the game normally, uh, it'll be available on the 12th. Yeah, this one confused me slightly, because um, this was
0: cited as grounds for canceling D&D on Friday. And I was like, but it's not even coming out yet. But <laughs> technically, yes, for people who have the deluxe edition it came out hot take i hate this i don't think you should provide some people access to your game if they spend more money on a deluxe edition you shouldn't give it to them early that's my hot
1: take i agree with it it's just kind of shitty
2: it doesn't feel good Uh it's also
0: lame right like what if your friend group half of them Get the deluxe edition, half of them don't. And then everybody else starts, their gear is crappier, they don't uh-huh. have as many cards. Uh, the other people have already started optimizing their strats. Like, there's a reason it feels bad to come back after, like, time off or something like that, or like a work trip. Mm-hmm. A big game came out and you missed all of the. You missed the train. Exactly. You missed the train.
2: I mean, I. So, probably one of the most fun multiplayer experience I've ever had with my group of friends. And I think you might have been there too, Jake. Hmm. Um, when we played Rust for the first time, were you part of that? I, remember, I believe so. I, I think remember, I was a
0: weaponsmith. I literally I, had a route for collecting weapons.
2: See, I remember Dave specifically, because Dave was like my umbilical cord into this new world because i drop in in the wilderness and the group of people is like yeah just send dave to go get him and then we wandered lost in the desert for 40 years uh-huh. but eventually we found our way and the only reason it was fun for me was because i got to a start with everybody about only like two hours after everyone else started like yeah. if you guys were thoroughly into the game and then you're like Ian, come play this with us and you guys are walking around with m80s And I've got like a stick, I've got a hatchet with a stone blade attached to it. That's not Mm -hmm. fun.
1: Yeah, you're either like starting so far behind or you get everything kind of just like thrust upon you at once. Like, hey, you have like the 20 hour gear now and you're like, okay, well, I didn't really have that experience and progression to get there and appreciate it. I wasn't banging rocks with people. I wasn't hunting deer. I wasn't fending off random people who had guns and we didn't know where they were type thing. It's just you're people, missing out on the experience. People criticized me when I
0: brought this term up earlier, but I did look it up. It's an actual thing. Twinking can be detrimental to the multiplayer experience.
2: I don't know what that that phrase means. I know so it what means, that multiple phrase means, things. but
1: I'm not going to explain it because I like Ian's facial expression. <laughs> exactly. And that's how a lot of people get it when they um or respond it's when basically they the people who are pro gamers who a lot of people take energy drinks or like sugar packets to like kind of increase the reaction time but it's actually just like slogging down multiple twinkies at once mm, okay that's not right but yeah um why what do you think it means
0: <laughs> categorically it's if you start a new character and you give it all of your in-game gear you just like throw money at it throw resources at it run with it um It's kind of similar to like what people would do, soul level one invasions in Dark Souls, right? Like, to purposefully stay really low and get all this great stuff. Um, but yeah, it in multiplayer games, this could be if you join your friend's game after they've already, like, Borderlands, great example of this. They're just like, hey, let's just throw a bunch of gear at you, start you right here. Um, it's not fun compared to yeah. playing the game as it was originally
2: intended. Here, come join our party. You just hang in the back while we kill everything and we're going to power level you up to level 20 and then give you some gear and then you can kind of participate.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, There's a time and a place because like, there are times where I just want to skip through some of like the early level bullshit and get to something. Um, so I don't always knock that part of it but if you want the experience and it's just gone that sucks yeah
0: we actually had a dis- dave and i were having this discussion not that long ago when uh, we had a group of people that were playing astroneer they started like a little bit later and we had already started the tech tree we'd already started our own individual goals we were making our expansion and our base and dave didn't know all the mechanics of the game yet And rather than having been part of that initial wave when we were figuring stuff out, we were just like, oh, do the tutorial. He wasn't feeling it at the time, and he quit, which is a perfectly valid response, actually, right? Like, if you feel that you're already behind the wave of enjoyment, then it takes effort to catch up, and it's not always worth it. So,
2: You know, in like a year or so, when we've forgotten more about Astroneer, we're going to have to come back and play Astroneer and Mm -hmm. include Dave this time. Because I have... Great memories with that game, and they have constantly been updating it since we played it. Yeah, um, I, I poke at the Steam page every now and then, and it's like, yeah, look at this is our new update came out last week. And
0: I, I do get um, where I'm not going to go too far into this, but I have been playing No Man's Sky recently, <laughs> and a lot of the things I'm enjoying about it are very similar to Astroneer.
1: Um, I mean, I would check it out. No man's sky. No man's sky. <laughs> yeah it's good stuff
2: i was gonna say uh, our buddy aj was talking about he, he tried to play no man's sky with you last night and he just ran headlong into like every problem you can find to get enjoyment mm. out of a new game
0: he did start on survival which is like more difficult off the jump um and the game tells you don't do that <laughs> like it's like play normal first so you have an idea of how to actually get started because the hardest survival part of the game is right when you load into the first world, <laughs> you have no basic needs taken care of.
2: <laughs> I think that might've be what I did like a year and a half ago as well, because now mm. that, that, that sounds awfully familiar to why I stopped trying to play no man's sky.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those problems are easier to solve than they ever have been in the game's uh, life cycle. Um, there's basically two basic needs bar two basic needs bars there's environmental protection and life support and if you get any money whatsoever you can just buy like massive stacks of the resources (laughs) that instantly fill those needs and then it's just you don't have to
1: worry about that anymore
2: so much like uh, real life money tends to solve your problems it
1: does yeah is it weird that jake's doing better pr than uh they ever did for No Man's Sky. <laughs>
2: Are you kidding me? The PR for No Man's Sky was great up until it released.
1: Right. It was great. Well, I don't I don't see game. Jake sweating as he's saying these comments, so <laughs> a little more yeah. a little more backing behind it.
2: I can't think of the name, the face behind No Man's Sky. Sean Murray. Sean Murray. Mm-hmm.
1: But Sean's also no longer in the friend group because of his because of his lies.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies.
2: Turns out there's a lot of reasons you get excluded from the Soapstone friends list. Uh, Death and lying, to name a few. Mm
1: -hmm. Or if your just name is Sean. Yeah,
2: Yeah. Sean's don't make it that long.
0: Yeah. I know a couple good Sean's. But, I mean, I haven't had them as guests on Soapstone,
2: so. How good could they really be?
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. As Reggie said, no Sean's. Mm-hmm.
0: Wait, that's not right. We don't haven't had any Johns on the substone either, though. So it does check out. <laughs> Remember, no Johns. Uh, what was the other thing? I'm gonna skip all of the other news and go to the last one. So there was an article uh, from an interview with the producer for Elden Ring, a from software product, um, that stated that it is in the final stages of development. Um, even though it's an open-world game with a unique map, there are no errands in the world, which is interesting. Um, and it should be, you know, on track. So our scheduled release was January next year for Elden Ring.
2: Oh, that's way sooner than I had expected.
1: Yeah. I'll uh, take it.
2: Yeah, as long as they keep doing what From Software's been doing. It's going to be a hit for me. I mean, because out of the three Dark Souls, Bloodborne and Sekiro, only mm. one of those was even anything less than excellent. And, and that's we don't talk
1: about Dark Souls 2 anymore. So
2: I didn't say it. It was Dave.
1: <laughs> uh, Again, I'm a Dark Souls 2 apologist.
2: Well, hey, Dark Souls 2 devil's advocate here. Dark Souls 2 innovated they took things and they changed them to see if it would work and just their luck a lot of it happened to not work uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, but... I'm not knocking it overall I'm just saying like if you look at Dark Souls 1 Progenitor Dark Souls 3 they polished a lot mm-hmm. Bloodborne was very good and did its own thing second was very good and did its own thing and there's Dark Souls 2 for me
2: Dark Souls 2 innovated and then they t- all the, the missteps they learned from Dark Souls 2 they did not ever make again so yeah. it it's did its job. Um, I'd agree. And if Elden Ring is just anything continuing their trend of just making these great open world, vastly connected environments with difficult combat, I'm mm-hmm. um, game. I'm a little bit worried how much they've tacked George R. R. Martin's name onto it as a marketing gimmick.
1: Yeah, he doesn't do anything though. I think it's just for like the, some of the story because <laughs> like they got him on very early, yeah. and then I think they've been updating him on like where they've used some of his writing. From my understanding. Yeah, yeah I think
0: I, I heard in an interview that was the case. He was just part of the initial writing for the plot. Um, developed, like, pulling some of that fantasy stuff. Um, and then he actually, this was with him. And he said that it was out of his hands after that. It oh, was, that's like, good. the actual development is <laughs> completely out. Uh,
2: is I haven't been following Elden Ring. I usually just put my head in the sand with, with FromSoft games until they're, like, in my face. Yeah, uh, is Elden Ring gonna release on all consoles and platforms?
1: Yeah, basically everything. I think I'm gonna verify real quick. And by that, I think we can. It's even safe to say it's gonna be like PS4 and Xbox One as well, not just yes. latest gen. That is correct.
0: Although, I mean, what are you guys gonna pick it up on if you do have that option? I don't have a PS5. I'm not. I
1: don't have it yet, so I can probably consider picking up on Windows. I mean, it's going to be PC for me so I can do my Xbox controller as I've done yeah. for like all FromSoft games outside of Bloodborne. Because yeah. uh, I, again, don't think PS5 is going to ever be in the future. So we'll see.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm the PC guy as well now because kind of present to our discussion earlier about uh, Nintendo and their release strategies. Once I get it on PC, like I could upgrade this thing 10 years down the line and I'll still be able to boot up Steam and load up Right, with with all likelihood, be able to load up a Steam release of a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention, assuming that From does misstep somehow and releases the game in a poor state, there will always be like the DS fix option. Yeah, like there will be the ER patch for Elden Ring that comes out thirty seconds after release that fixes problems we didn't even know we had. Yeah, that
0: is true. Um, but looking forward to that, we'll obviously let people know if we hear more information. We realize we are the news source for <laughs> a wide swath of people in the gaming community, so the soap sound press. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but looking forward to it uh, is there anything else that you guys would like to cover before we close it out? Any parting words of wisdom or things you feel need to be said?
2: I think people should play Outer Wilds. Yeah, uh, we didn't we didn't touch on it, um, and the expansion just came out. And uh, as I said earlier, it's occupying like thirty percent of my brain. Mm. Uh, and I am going to use this platform and opportunity to preach to go out and play it.
1: I would I would second that. <laughs> I have no comment on this game, and no advice at this time.
0: That's fair. All right, be good to each other, and if you have any good games you would like us to talk about in the future news articles you think that we have overlooked that we should discuss in depth dedicate an entire episode to something inconsequential you could send in those ideas to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or you could also just join the discussion on Facebook if it's up at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast and as always we'll see you in the next one have a good night
2: see you later